Tired of the same old Dynasty format? Think you have what it takes to be a real champion? DLF has partnered up with Safe Leagues and Commish extraordinaire Scott Fish to create the brand new DLF Champions Cup Series. In the DLF Champions Cup Series, you're matched up in a super flex tight end premium division with points and payouts awarded every year. The bonus is that every third year, your cumulative points go up against a larger field to see who wins the Champions Cup. Claim a team today and begin your journey to hoist the Champions Cup and claim the $1,000 grand prize. Visit DynastyLeagueFootball.com slash leagues to sign up today. That's DynastyLeagueFootball.com slash leagues. Super friends, John Hogue, super flex dude here, going solo, and uh, coming to you live from the quarantined super flex dude household. Uh, although you know, all of us, all of us super friends here, we've been uh, we've been quarantined in place here in Super Flex City for going on close to four years now. Uh, so. Um, you know, this is, uh, this is nothing new for us. This is right where we want to be. And if you're going to be stuck, Superflex City, along with all the Superflex super friends, is the place to be. So uh, this is, we're, we're loving life over here. And uh, I'm going solo tonight um, just, to, uh, just to talk a little bit. Mostly, more than anything, I just want to talk to you about our plans, the super, the Superflex Super Show's uh, plans for the NFL draft, and uh, because we're going live second year in a row, and uh, just to give you guys a little bit of backstory on this, so uh, you know, just a few years ago, I, I, you know, this is we're like I said, we're going on four years of uh, about to start four years that is of uh, of the various iterations of the super show dating back to the super flexible days um you know lost and gained uh co-hosts along the way uh even changed our name and moved to it to uh the dynasty league football website and uh you know and it's been such a positive thing it's been it's been great being part of the dlf family a podcast and uh the dlf team in general um but there's been you know there there's been turbulence around, along the way there's been some uh some definite peaks to go along with the valleys as well um we've had some uh some great times and we've uh we, you know we've we've met some great people been able to talk to some 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 big names throughout the industry uh we've also just uh, we've also gotten to know some uh some new names along the way and um found you know, kind of discovered some new analysts to uh, to follow on various fronts, and just overall, just strive to get better at this game, uh, perfect our processes, and uh, just just overall gain a better understanding of how to create not only a winning Superflex team, but a dynasty, a multi-championship 
sustained excellence uh, type of success. That's that's what we're going for, and that's our constant, constant goal here at the Superflex Super Show. Um, and in, involving all of you, all of our Superflex Super Friends, has always been of the highest priority. So to give you a little bit of backstory, four years ago uh, I was when I first joined uh, my first website, um, became a, a writer, and uh, the reason I know it was four years ago was because uh, my first assignment was taking part in a seven-round NFL mock draft. And not only that, I, I had the mock for the freaking New York the New York Jets. I'm sorry, not even the Giants. It was the Jets, which was it was a tough one at the time. Um, it was uh, it was a very unexpected draft. Uh, I had no idea that Jamal Adams would conceivably make it all the way to the Jets, or else uh, he he certainly didn't in that mock draft, uh, or else I would have called that pick. But uh, it it was a it was a lot of fun. It definitely tested uh, my my knowledge, especially as a brand new fantasy football analyst. So, um, but before that, you know, and, and even that year, that first year, you know, the, the podcast hadn't actually, hadn't actually started when the NFL draft went off. And, uh, you know, we had a chat group for the website, but it wasn't particularly active, especially when there was actually something going on, you know, it was, uh, there were a handful of, of writers in the chat kind of talking, but nobody was really talking with one another. Everybody was kind of, you know, throwing out their thoughts, but it wasn't much of a conversation. Um, and, and before that as well, you know, even before I was involved in fantasy football and, and this uh, fantasy football Twitter universe, um, you know, uh, before I, I got to know so many people and and have just been so lucky and so blessed to have so many different people that I can talk to about this stuff, this stuff that I'm so passionate about. You know, but but before that, I would watch the NFL draft uh, alone on my couch. And, um, you know, I had I had friends who had somewhat of an interest in uh, in pro football and fantasy football etc. I mean, definitely, you know, here in Denver, I, I've got friends and family who are Broncos fans and, you know, always definitely always curious about uh, what's happening with the Broncos. Um, I also have some friends here in Denver who are who are actual, uh, they're actual uh, journalists covering the Denver Broncos. Uh, but during the NFL draft, obviously, <laughs> those guys are super busy. Uh, the rest of my my friends and family, they you know, they kind of have a passing interest. They certainly didn't have the type of uh, the the type of thoughts that I had, the type of, the type of interest that I had uh, in the NFL draft. So I'm just sitting there on my couch watching the draft by myself, trying to think of who I can text uh, to to get my thoughts out there. Um, and you know, I uh, again some friends and some family who. You know, they they would get involved a little bit in the conversation from time to time, but for the most part, it was it was really just me, and it was these thoughts, me alone with these thoughts, running through my mind, and uh, you know, it, it, not not to not to cry on your shoulder or anything. It's not that it was a, a terrible experience, but 
I always just craved the opportunity to talk with people who are as passionate about this as I am. It, now fast forward to, you know, several successful years of the Superflex Super Show uh, of, of me just, <laughs> now I've got a microphone, you know, and uh, I've been able to get on here and, and all those thoughts that were running through my mind, now I get to say them out loud. That's, that's kind of where, where we're at. That's, that's all that it is. That's all that happened. Um, I don't, I don't, I've never felt like I had, you know, necessarily any kind of, uh, particular insight that anybody else, that nobody else had or anything like that. You know, I don't, I don't, I've never considered myself a fantasy football expert. Uh, I think I've mentioned that before on this show. I, I don't, particularly like the term expert especially when it comes to fantasy football when you know at best we're right about half the time (laughs) I don't I fantasy football and weather are the only things where you can be an expert without being right more than half the time anything else you're not going to get away with somebody calling you an expert so I, I I try and avoid that label here in fantasy football as well just you know I I I, I've got some. I've got my personal strategies, my philosophies. Uh, I've got my own thoughts, um, and you know my own somewhat unique way of approaching the game. Um, but it, it, I don't know that it's necessarily, you know, any any better or any more correct than anybody else's. So. It, to me, it's not expert analysis. I just happen to have a microphone <laughs> and the ability to get on here every week and talk with some of my friends and, um, uh, you know, share those thoughts, share those strategies and those philosophies. And it means the absolute world to me. But I still remember those days when I just, I, I didn't have the opportunity to talk to anybody and share those thoughts and share those uh, you know, those, those feelings and, and those, uh, philosophies, uh, on the NFL draft in particular. And, uh, I, I think that's always going to stick with me a little bit. And so the idea last year in 2019, we, uh, we decided to do a live show, uh, during the NFL draft. We went live through the entire first round on day one the entire second and third round on day two. And then on day three, after the NFL draft wrapped up, we did the first of its kind super flex rookie mock draft with rookies on NFL teams. And a big part of the idea was just to have a place for people to kind of congregate and talk. And, you know, we, we did it live on YouTube so that we had the, the chat thread that you could get in and, and kind of share some of your own thoughts and, uh, you know, we could read them on air and, and kind of discuss it with you in that way uh, while we're discussing the draft itself. And uh, just just the idea that there's this this place for people to kind of, like I said, to, to congregate and share their thoughts and talk about the draft as it unfolds live. And it just didn't quite do what I wanted it to do. Now, don't get me wrong. It was, it was a lot of fun. It was a smashing success. Uh, we had a lot of people show up and uh, join the podcast itself. We had even more people show up and, uh, and listen and engage in the chat live. And it was a lot of fun. But 
it still just didn't quite do what I always wanted it to do. It still felt too much like, you know, those of us with a microphone talking to everybody else who really just kind of has to listen. And that's not what I want. (laughs) That's not what this has ever been about. This has not been, it's, it, it's never been meant to be a one-sided conversation. This has always been, I always talk about it in a sign-off uh, of every single show. When I say those ratings and reviews help us to expand our reach, get out to a larger audience, and from there we can zero in on the topics that are the most useful to you, the listener. When I say that, what I'm really talking about is the idea that more people know that there's an opportunity here to come say, hey guys, this is something that I've been thinking about. This is something I've been wondering about. This is something I feel strongly about. Whatever it is, this is the part of the game that I think needs some attention. And then we can bring it on the podcast and talk about it. The way that you make that work, though, is to actually listen to everybody. Not just talk, but listen. That's always been the goal here at Superflex Super Show. That's what the entire premise of this show has always been, is a two-way conversation. And that's what we want this NFL live, this uh, NFL draft live show to be as well. So we're going to do the same thing this year. We're going to go live through the entire first round on Thursday night, April 23rd. And uh, we'll be live on YouTube um, we'll have the, uh, I'll put the link both in the, the show description here for the podcast. Uh, I'll also put it, uh, we'll, we'll have a pin tweet on the Superflex Super Show account on Twitter at Superflex Show. Uh, and that, that'll have the link, uh, if you subscribe to the YouTube channel, um, then, uh, uh, you'll be able to, uh, uh, to get alerts when we when we get started, but we'll also tweet about it. Just make sure everybody knows what time we're starting, and uh, we're we're gonna go live through the entire first round of the draft on Thursday, and then we're gonna go live again through the entire second and third round of the draft on Friday. And we're still gonna bring in a few of our friends. Um, we're not gonna we're not gonna worry quite as much about bringing in. Uh, you know, just the 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 blue check marks from Twitter. We're not going to focus on that part so much. Um, we're just looking for good conversation. So we're go- we're still going to have some guests, some very good friends, um, and a very good conversationalist. But we're also going to open this up to all of you. You guys are going to be our guests of honor this time. We're going to have an open mic, at least one open mic for our super friends to jump in. There are no qualifiers here. Your resume does not matter. There are no credentials (laughs) that get you onto this show. If you want to talk and you've got a microphone, your your internal microphone on your computer will do just fine. You can use your your earbuds, whatever you've got. And uh, we're we're gonna give you the link and you can jump on the show and uh and talk about your thoughts share your thoughts with us and we'll we can all talk about the nfl draft and our thoughts and and you know some player values and some strategies that come out of it uh some of the 
uh, some of the surprises, um, some of the some of the players who fall farther than we think, uh, some of the players who land in some unexpectedly good and unexpected uh, unexpectedly bad situations. Uh, we're going to talk about all of that, and we want to talk about it with you, with every single one of you. Now, there are going to be some some guidelines to follow. First of all, please no no profanity lace tirades. Uh, I I'm looking at you, Browns fans. I know that you're not going to be happy with your draft, but uh, especially after you trade away Odell Beckham Jr., which that might be something that I still need to talk about. Besides the show announcement, I've got a I, I've I do have a couple thoughts that I still want to share, uh, but. Yeah, uh, if, if your team makes a bad pick, uh, I, we still ask that you come in and uh, and talk about it. And certainly, feel free to rant about it. Just maybe keep the ling- the language, you know, PG thirteen as much as possible. And uh, uh, certainly, don't direct those uh, profanity laced tirades at any one of the co-hosts. Some of them have thicker skin than others. I mean, you can definitely. You can you can let me have it for the most part, uh, but I also have the ability to to kick anybody out. So if they, if it if it gets too personal, like if you insult my quarantine hair, I'm kicking you out. That's that's the deal. Uh, it, it, pick any other feature though, and uh, and I'll probably let it go. Uh, Stompy though uh, gets very defensive. James surprisingly, James the brain is uh, surprisingly thin skinned. Uh, he, uh, he'll, he'll block you and, uh, just completely write you off, uh, if you even look at him the wrong way. So be very careful what you say to James the Brain. Uh, Brian Haar, on the other hand, um, so Brian Haar is, uh, he's very thick skinned. Uh, he's also very self-deprecating. Like, it's not very satisfying to insult Brian Haar, meatloaf wildcat. It, it doesn't. It doesn't really have much of an effect. It's kind of like when you hit water. Like if you if you were to punch uh, just like a, a bucket of water. It's just like, I mean, I, I, felt, I felt that. I know that that happened because I felt it happen. But where did it go? I don't see anything. <laughs> There's, there aren't even any ripples anymore. It certainly didn't hurt anything except maybe my hand a little bit uh that's that's kind of how it is when you (laughs) insult brian Har. it just kind of just kind of disappears um just maybe just some molecules just kind of move around and and just kind of accept it and absorb it so um and ethan turner i i haven't totally figured that one out um he doesn't seem super defensive uh but it's also pretty hard to catch him uh, with anything. I mean, he's, he's just kind of, he's, he's super smart. He's, uh, uh, just kind of a, a, he's a very cool customer for sure. It's like a good looking dude, even like there's, it, it's really hard to find anything to insult, uh, with Ethan Turner. So, um, but if you find anything, I mean, maybe give it a shot. Uh, I don't think that you, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't think that you're going to do a whole lot of damage. Um, I just, I'm just saying best of luck even finding anything to insult with Ethan Turner. Um, and then we're going to have, you know, just two very lovable dudes uh, so far 
what we've got lined up. And uh, we might have a few other guests. We're not totally sure yet, but uh, we've got Dynasty Outhouse, Russ Fisher, and uh, we've got Wrecked Fantasy, Bobby Koch. Uh, those guys are both going to join us as well at various points throughout the draft. And those two are just so freaking lovable. It, I, I don't know... I, I like I don't know if you could insult either one of those two. It's pretty it's it it's tough to even bring yourself to do it, you know. So anyways, uh you you can uh just pick your spots, <laughs> pick your battles, and maybe just don't waste your time uh nagging co-hosts. Uh maybe spend the time talking football with us. Uh, the other thing is, of course, you know, it, it's not going to be, uh, there's there's going to be a timeline. There, we're going to have time restraints because we want to get as many of our super friends in as possible uh, to talk with us about the draft. Um, we want people to be able to talk about their their individual, you know, their the team that they, uh, that they have allegiance towards. Um, and, uh, we, we all know how fast this draft can start moving, especially in day two, uh, through the second, second and third round. So, you know, we want people to have an opportunity to get in and talk. And, and, uh, so the, the request is going to be that when you get the link, you come in and, and talk with us for a minute and then hop out and let somebody else in. Um, we're going to allow people in as many times as possible. I mean, it's, you know, if, if, uh, if, you already came in and uh, you're next up in line. I'm. We're not going to skip over you. We're going to let you come back in and talk some more because, like I said, we just we want this to be an environment. We want this to be an opportunity for absolutely everybody to talk about this, to talk about the the draft and their their specific thoughts. And you know, I think that we can really hone our strategies and our philosophies together and our player values together. That's the way this works the best. The more, the more thoughts that we have on this, the more unique thoughts that go into this, the stronger our processes are going to be. That's always going to be the case. So this live NFL draft show is a perfect opportunity to bring all of you on and uh, get to talk with all of you for, you know, a few minutes at a time and, um, come back to you later and talk to you some more when you've got totally different thoughts to share. So uh, we're we're gonna uh, that that's the way that we want this NFL draft show to be. Uh, we really hope that it's something that can be enjoyable for you, the listener, um, as you become more than just a listener, an actual uh, part of the show, an actual contributor to this live NFL draft show. Really looking forward to getting talk to talk to all of you, uh, our super friends. So, uh, start DMing us on Twitter at Superflex Show, and we're gonna get you into some chat groups, uh, some uh, some Twitter chat groups to uh, to help us kind of uh, help us decide uh, how best to do this and and get as many people in as we can. Uh, be as efficient with it as we possibly can and be as complete with it as we possibly can. Get as many of you in as we can and get as many different thoughts in uh, on the show as possible. So make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's uh, the Superflex Super Show YouTube channel. Uh, we'll also be, uh, I believe we'll be available on Periscope. Don't quote me on that just yet, but I believe that that's also going to be the case. 
but if you go on to YouTube, I mean, you can be involved in the, the chat thread uh, in between, um, you know, in between stints jumping on and talking with us. So uh, plenty of opportunities to talk about the draft and talk about the various players. Um, so make sure and join us for the most unique draft experience in all of fantasy uh, in, in all of the fantasy land, we we're uh, we're where we're going to involve everybody who wants to be involved. So make sure and join us for that. And then, like I said, after the draft ends, uh, we're going to do yet another Superflex rookie mock draft. Uh, the first Superflex rookie mock draft with rookies on NFL teams. We're going to do that immediately when the seventh round ends on Saturday. So check those out for sure. Um, and that's kind of, that was the main reason that I wanted to get on here, but I did feel like I should share a few quick thoughts. Uh, first of all, uh, the news coming out that Odell Beckham Jr. is being shopped to the Minnesota Vikings. Man, I hate this. (laughs) I, I, I really hate this. And the, the thing is, you're going to get a pretty big value boost out of Odell Beckham Jr. Just based on the theory that he's going to get better quarterback play. You know, it, the the idea that Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield, which I agree with. I've I've felt that way. I was saying this last year in fact. My my uh my Superflex rankings, my quarterback rankings uh actually uh, actually played this out, actually showed this out, that I believe Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield. I believed it then, and I believe it now. We just, I think Baker Mayfield has the potential. I just don't feel like we've seen it to this point. But the problem is the quarterback play is only somewhat relevant when it comes to these wide receivers. The bigger thing that a wide receiver needs is consistency. They need to they need consistency at quarterback. They need consistency with the playbook and with the offensive system. Now, Odell Beckham Jr. is not going to get that part. I mean, you get a new head coach, Kevin Stefanski. You know, you you get a new offensive system um, that actually comes over from Minnesota. But there is the consistency at quarterback that you that you get with Baker Mayfield. The problem in 2019, to me, it was less about, you know, Baker Mayfield underperforming and underwhelming. It was for Odell Beckham Jr. anyways. The issue was less about Baker Mayfield and it was more about changing systems, learning a new playbook, because he came from Eli Manning. <laughs> I, I think that we... At that point in Eli Manning's career, I think that we could all agree that Baker Mayfield was a better quarterback than Eli Manning. This is why, you know, both players, Beckham and Mayfield, both got such big value bumps when the trade was made last year, when Odell Beckham Jr. came from the Giants to the Browns. It was because of the quarterback upgrade. And, you know, I, I, I think that that one was that that was a, uh, a pretty objective opinion at that point. Um, 
and I still do. I mean, we just we saw a little bit of Peyton or uh, Eli Manning. Sorry, not Peyton. Eli. Uh, we saw a little bit of Eli Manning in 2019, and it just I mean, it just wasn't good. You know, <laughs> as as much as Baker struggled uh, through most of 2019, he was still a far superior quarterback to Eli Manning at that point. So. You know, so so there what you did get a quarterback upgrade for Odell Beckham Jr. The problem is, it's it's very tough for a wide receiver to change teams, change offensive systems, change quarterbacks, and you know instantly assimilate. It very rarely happens. Brandon Cooks has been uh, extremely adaptable for whatever reason. He's been he's kind of been the outlier. He's been the exception to this rule but generally speaking a wide receiver changes teams and struggles for a little while they you know it takes time to learn that playbook uh it, it takes time to learn the various assignments um in the you know the lingo the the uh you know the even though where the quarterback's going to be uh the way the the you know where the ball is going to come from uh, the way the ball is going to be thrown, you know, the the amount of velocity, the tightness of the spiral, uh, a lot of there's a lot that goes into playing wide receiver and changing teams, getting a new quarterback. So it was going to take a little bit of time. So now we've got a full year of Odell Beckham Jr. working with Baker Mayfield. Now they're both going to have to learn a new system together. That could hurt a little bit. Uh, in in 2020, but not nearly as much as it would hurt Odell Beckham Jr. if he changes teams and changes quarterbacks yet again. And at this point, man, we are wasting Odell Beckham Jr.'s prime by moving him from team to team. His third team, his third quarterback, and his third system in three years, that is when he's at at the very peak of his career. At 28 years old, it's it, the the downside of his career is coming very soon. We don't want him to spend, you know, the the peak of his career learning new systems and getting used to new quarterbacks. We really need Odell Beckham Jr. to just stay in one place. I would, and for that reason, I'd much rather see the Minnesota Vikings draft wide receivers. Go get a couple of them. Spend some draft capital on them. I mean, what they really need to do here is is fix that defense. That's the big thing for the Minnesota Vikings. But for fantasy purposes, we'd like to see some more weapons other than just Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cook. You know, maybe Irv Smith Jr. becomes a, a you know, may, maybe they fast-track him a little bit and uh, we get some usability out of him at the tight end position. But... Uh, you know that all that would be great uh but if, you know for NFL purposes they really they really just need to fix that defense but you know for fantasy purposes i'd just like to see them draft wide receivers if you're going to bring in you know an alpha type of perimeter wide receiver whether it's an Odell Beckham Jr or you know some of the guys who could potentially be available to them in this draft. Guys like T. Higgins and and uh, Jalen Rager, 
possibly Denzel Mims. Like these are the type of guys who could be available to the Minnesota Vikings. And, you know, I, I, I'd just much rather see them uh, bring along a guy like that, you know, bring, you know, groom a 22, 23 year old, not a 28 year old. <laughs> Let's not waste that year for anybody, for everybody involved is hurt by Odell Beckham Jr. trying to get acclimated to a new offense and a new quarterback. That's just kind of, that. that's just the bottom line. If, if that's going to occur, regardless of who it is, let's do that. Let's go through that process with a 22-year-old, 23-year-old instead. Meanwhile, Odell Beckham Jr. stays in Cleveland, stays with Baker Mayfield. I think he's going to be, I, this is, this is just my speculation, but I just think that he would be so much better off for fantasy purposes. I think he would be much better off as a Cleveland Brown. I just think that's, that's the, the ideal situation for all of us. The other one is Leonard Fournette. Uh, so <laughs> interestingly, uh, he, he tweeted out that, uh, you know, no offense to Gardner Minshew, but uh, that he believes that the Jacksonville Jaguars should bring in Cam Newton as a quarterback. No offense to Gardner Minshew, but I, I agree. I, I don't I don't know why that's such a, a a controversial thing to say. Cam Newton at this point has, you know, it has several years of of sustained success in the NFL. Not just for fantasy purposes either. This we're talking about a guy who has been he's just been a winner. You know, he he's he's an offensive weapon and he's a a winner. And those are two things that are very hard to find at the quarterback position. Just an overall offensive weapon, running the ball, throwing the ball, you know. It, it's all the the goal line stuff. Man, the the his his abilities in the goal line are second uh, around the goal line. It's second to none. I I just <laughs> Is as fun as Minshew mania was last year, I just don't think you're getting half the player in Gardner Minshew that you are with Cam Newton. I, I so I just don't see any problem with what Leonard Fournette said. Now maybe this isn't the reason for for uh, what comes next, but it it just felt like the timing was. Uh, in the words of Michael Scott, nothing short of predominant. Um, and now, so one day later, Leonard Fournette apparently is being shopped. He's been being put on a trade block. Now, that's also a move that, in all honesty, the Jacksonville Jaguars really should make. You know, it's this is a this is a a running back who has dealt with injuries, uh, lower leg injuries. Throughout his entire pro career, he's going into a walk year. They're probably not going to re-sign him after uh, after 2020, just because there's no reason to. We we we've we know that, and we keep seeing this play out. There's no reason to give a running back a second contract, and it kind of doesn't matter who that running back is. <laughs> you just you just don't do it. They're all replacement level, and they're more replacement level running backs coming. In fact, the Jacksonville Jaguars have two first-round draft picks here in 2020. 
They've got number six overall and number 20 overall. One of those could, is it six or is it nine? I might have that wrong. Maybe it's nine. But either way, they've got two first-round draft picks. Either one of those could easily be a running back. Again, not it, it, it's not optimal to take a running back that early. Just like you don't want to pay the running backs, you also don't want to invest heavily in draft capital. But, you know, there's there's an opportunity to go get a, a very similar type of player to Leonard Fournette in Jonathan Taylor. Get him with one of those first-round picks, and and you reset the clock. You get a, a healthier version of Leonard Fournette. You get a guy who can be your bell cow the way Leonard Fournette was. He can, he'll be on the field for every down. He can catch the ball out of the backfield just as well as he can run between the tackles. You, you, you get all that with Jonathan Taylor. And there's, there's really just kind of no downside. You get that for four years. Whereas with Leonard Fournette, you've got one more year, and then you're letting him walk, <laughs> letting him go search out that, you know, that that final contract, uh, that two-year contract, a la Melvin Gordon. That's that's kind of where Leonard Fournette is after 2020. And if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, I mean, you have an opportunity here to reset at the running back position to go along with your young quarterback because. You know, as much as they should sign Cam Newton, they're not going to. So you've got your young quarterback. You've got your young wide receiving core. Why not bring in that bell cow running back who's likely to be there for you for the next four years? So that's a that that's a move that the Jacksonville Jaguars really should make. Whether this is kind of out of spite or not uh, is a little tough to say. <laughs> Um, I would like to think that it's just a savvy business decision, and uh, it's not a, it's not a, a, you know, in defense of Gardner Minshew. Uh, but for for fantasy football purposes, uh, as much as this is a move that the Jacksonville Jaguars absolutely should make, for fantasy purposes, this this is. Uh, it, it it's sell time with Leonard Fournette. If they're talking about trading him, it's time to sell Leonard Fournette. He's first of all, he's going to get a little bit of a value boost, just because, you know, we we tend to to overvalue change. Again, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. would get a value boost if he was traded to Minnesota. And the what we would tell ourselves is, yeah, it's a better quarterback with Kirk Cousins, which, like I said, I, I think is absolutely true. That's not the whole point, though. That's not the whole story. Hashtag no context because he's he's he would perform better in 2020 with the Cleveland Browns than he would with the Minnesota Vikings. Leonard Fournette is the exact same thing. If he leaves Jacksonville, and I don't care where he goes, He's not going to perform as well as he would have in Jacksonville. That's the whole problem. The Jacksonville Jaguars, that's the the best situation possible for Leonard Fournette. Because they're willing to commit to him as not only their lead back, but as their bell cow, as their every down guy. And there's not a situation out there 
like the one in Jacksonville for Leonard Fournette. You know, we we talk about some of the you know, some of the ideal landing spots for a running back around the NFL. You know, when we talk about when we mock these this uh, NFL rookie draft and when we, we talk about some ideal situations for some of these players and some of the spots that we come up with for running backs, it includes Tampa Bay, you know, Kansas city, Houston. Those are some of the spots where we're like, where we would really like to see some of these rookie running backs end up. We feel like those are the best situations possible. The problem is, you know, if, if Kansas city were to, were to either trade for Leonard Fournette or draft, you know, Jonathan Taylor or DeAndre Swift. They're still going to use Damian Williams. They're probably still going to use, you know, DeAndre Washington and uh, and Daryl Williams and and LaShawn McCoy, <laughs> Darwin Thompson. These guys are all probably still going to get on the field, but at the very least, they're going to split it between Damian Williams and whoever. At least for 2020, that's going to be the case. In Houston, you've got David Johnson and Duke Johnson. Those guys aren't going to they're they're not coming off the field, you know, completely. In Tampa Bay, it's Ronald Jones. You know, the he's he's still going to be a part of that offense. So there's not that situation out there in the NFL. You know, it, even Pittsburgh feels like a great situation for a for a running back to go to the LA Rams. And in both cases, I mean, in Pittsburgh, you still have James Conner there. You still have Benny Snell. You still have Jalen Samuels. And, you know, Pittsburgh commits to one running back more than most, but who's to say that that's not going to continue to be James Conner? He's at least going to get the first crack regardless of who's behind him. The L.A. Rams, Darrell Henderson is still going to be involved in that offense. Malcolm Brown is probably still going to be involved in that offense. So if Leonard Fournette was traded to any one of these spots that just looks like a, a prime landing spot for a running back like Leonard Fournette, it's still not going to be anywhere near what he had in Jacksonville. And those are kind of the best case scenarios. The most likely scenario is he lands somewhere where it's an even more of a committee. We're already hearing rumors that maybe he ends up in Philadelphia, <laughs> where he's gonna now he's gonna split carries with Miles Sanders, and I'm I'm still I'm still gonna be on the Boston Scott train. I'm still gonna feel like Boston Scott is just way too talented, uh, both as a receiver and as an open field runner, to keep him off the field. You're not gonna be able to do it. So, I mean, you're still stuck with the three-man running back by committee. You know, send him to Washington, you still got Darius Geis. You know, Detroit, like, that, that, to me, Detroit is one of the better situations because I think, I think that on Johnson is vulnerable. But even there... Leonard Fournette's going to share the work with Carrion Johnson, and that sucks for us for fantasy purposes. So, you know, to me, the best spot for Leonard Fournette is in Jacksonville, and if he's not going to be in Jacksonville, you sell him, especially 
because right now he is getting you know that slight that slight value boost based on you know the fact that he's in the news cycle <laughs> that's the whole thing most of these players there's just no news around them right now there's nothing happening they're just kind of hanging out collecting their off-season checks you know working out in their basement you know and like Aaron Jones is a guy kind of in that Leonard Fournette range there's absolutely no controversy around Aaron Jones so his value's not moving anywhere but the name Leonard Fournette comes up in the news. There's a news cycle for him. And because of that, regardless of what the news is, his value goes up because there's actually something to talk about. There's actually some kind of movement with him. And so, yeah, now his value goes up, even though to me it shouldn't. <laughs> this is not good news for Leonard Fournette for fantasy purposes. He's best off in Jacksonville just because it's it's the one place where he would be given that lead back, that bell cow role, unopposed. You know, maybe maybe they draft somebody who takes him off the field here and there, but, I mean, in his final year of his contract, there's kind of no reason. You, I don't, you know, you, you draft, draft uh, uh, man, give me some names, Cam Akers. Draft Cam Akers onto that Jaguars team when you still have Leonard Fournette. Now you've got Cam Akers for four years. You've got Leonard Fournette for one year. Why wouldn't you just run Leonard Fournette until the wheels fall off, then the contract expires, you send him on his way, now you go to a completely fresh Cam Akers who's done nothing but sit on the bench, learn the offense, and you know, run sprints in practice and build up the stamina without taking hits. I mean, that's, to me, to me, it should be common sense. I know that the NFL doesn't always operate that way. Um, but I mean that to me, that's, that, that makes the most sense. And I think that Leonard Fournette would still be the safest and have the safest and the, the biggest workload in Jacksonville. So the fact that there are trade talks right now, the fact that there are trade wins around him tells me that you sell him. Now's the time to do it. And, you know, if if he does, the only way that you're going to lose in that is if he stays in Jacksonville. And even then, I mean, you still made a small profit because he's more valuable right now than he than he was a week ago or even a day ago. So you trade Leonard Fournette now, and you know if he does get traded uh, from the Jaguars anywhere, I don't care where he goes, anywhere, his value is going to drop the second that team is announced. And it could drop quite a bit. If it's Philadelphia, I think that hurts both Miles Sanders and Leonard Fournette quite a bit. Anyways, just a couple quick thoughts there. Um there's kind of a lot of a lot of chatter around those two particular players in the last few days. Uh, we only had one episode of the Super Show this week, so we didn't get much of a chance to talk about those guys. We didn't get any chance to talk about those guys. And I really wanted to. I felt like that was a, a pretty important one. But, again, 
I just am just so, so thankful for the opportunity to, to, to share those thoughts, you know, to have all of my super friends to talk to about this uh, and the rest of the super show, super team to talk to about stuff like this. So I, I, I'm just so fortunate and so thankful for that opportunity. And I want to share that opportunity with every single one of you. I, I, I've talked with so many people on Twitter. I've gotten to know so many people through Twitter talking about fantasy football, sharing stories, sharing philosophies and, and strategies uh, and player values, um, some anecdotes. Uh, and, and we've just formed such great relationships. And I, I just feel like the world deserves to hear from every single one of you. So let's meet on YouTube uh, through the first and second round of the NFL draft, jump on and talk with us, and uh, let's uh, let's let's get the conversation going among this entire Superflex city. Thank you all for listening. Until Thursday at the NFL draft, stay sexy and Superflexy.